An update today on the Toyota 410 Sprint Car Engine Program. Plus, we'll talk a wild night at Bubba Raceway Park for Lucas. There's news from XR and the All-Stars and more. Let's go. It's Tuesday, January 31st. I'm Justin Fiedler. This is Dirt Tracker Daily. If you weren't paying attention last night, you missed out on a drama-filled program of Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series action at Bubba Raceway Park. Kyle Larson showed up, which no one expected. Mark Whitener wanted to fight Logan Robertson after their heat race. The track rubbered in hot laps and qualifying and needed extra work to salvage the night. Shane Clanton, Tyler Bruning, and Tanner English were all DQ'd after qualifying for being light at the scales, and then Clanton packed up his stuff and left. Uh, and we had several on-track incidents during the feature that wiped out some contenders. The battle for the win came down to Jonathan Davenport and Ashen Winger on a late restart with JD coming out on top. Dennis Herb Jr. was also really good in this one, leading laps past halfway. This was Davenport's first Lucas win of the season and first since the Wild West shootout at Vado. He'd had some decent nights at Golden Isles, but was actually light at the scales on Sunday after qualifying at Bubba. I did miss that one. Uh, but he did bounce back to an eighth place finish. Vinny Giuliani said it was the crew's fault they were light on Sunday as they did not put fuel in the car. Yesterday, though, it sounds like maybe there were uh, actually problems with the scales themselves. And series director Rick Schwally told Michael Rigsby and the Drive Home guys that they would have a new set soon. Last night's third for Dennis Herb Jr. and the fourth for Tyler Herb were both big bounce backs after they've each had poor performances so far during speed weeks. It was the first Lucas top five for each of those drivers. And Tyler Herb is already kind of in a big points hole. He's down in 11th right now. And that's even with last night's good run. Ricky Thornton Jr. was in line for yet another top five, but got turned late in the feature by Devin Moran and finished 19th. Moran took the blame afterwards. RTJ was not happy, uh, but RTJ did, uh, did slip quite a ways back from Overton in the standings. RTJ probably would have been the points leader too if it wasn't for that spin. And one other note from the drive home last night, Jimmy Owens is apparently done for speed weeks. Five nights with Lucas have resulted in just three feature starts and a best finish of 14th. He was also 19th and 26th with the Outlaws at Volusia. He was declared along with teammate Jordan Kohler for both national tours. So we'll see what this means for his status going forward, but certainly not a great start here for Owens with the new team. The Lucas guys are off now for today and tomorrow. They've got practice on Thursday at Alltech and then two race nights Friday and Saturday before they then head to East Bay. I've had a few folks ask me in recent weeks about the current status of the Toyota Racing 410 Sprint Car Engine, which we've seen used here and there in the last few seasons. We know that James McFadden and Roth Motorsports will campaign them this season with the Word of Outlaws. And thanks to Christopher Bell's time on David Gravel's live stream last night, we got a few more details. Aaron Reitzel is still using one, and there's actually two suppliers building them in Speedway and Ryder. Speedway has the Toyota Midget engine program, and we knew uh, that they've been involved kind of in a lot of this anyway. This was the first time, though, that I'd heard about Ryder being uh, kind of involved in this program. Gravel asked about why they aren't actually available for teams to buy yet, and Bell said that parts failures, mentioning specifically crankshafts, have slowed TRD's progress. They didn't want to roll out full-scale production until they'd worked out some of these issues. So J-Mac and Roth plus Reitzel will use them in 2023 with a larger rollout still in question. Bell and Gravel also talked about the new Bell Keminaw team and Bell's lack of a dirt schedule. We should see the, B, uh, the BKR sprint car at maybe 20 or 25 races this season, he said, uh, but it will not be full-time. 
Gavin Boschel was in the car last weekend at Volusia with the USCS. And as I've mentioned before, we won't see Bell in a dirt race anytime soon. He confirmed that JGR is not cool with him running sprint car at midget shows, among other things. He said that Coy Gibbs was a big supporter of his extracurricular racing, but now that Coy has passed away, he doesn't have that support inside JGR anymore. And that Coach Gibbs is very much against any of this other racing. So don't expect to see Bell at the Chili Bowl, in a micro at Millbridge, or in any sprint car shows for at least the time being. You can watch the full show with Gravel and Bell over at youtube.com slash David Gravel. And yesterday, the XR Super Series finalized what their 2023 season will look like uh, with a bit of a reworked schedule. Uh, we had already seen dates for a lot of these events, but there have been some changes. This season, the XR Late Model Series will have 10 race nights starting March 24th at Volunteer Speedway and ending October 28th at Alltech. There are 300,000 to win races, four 20,000 win shows, and three nights of split field 5,000 to win main events on this. Besides Volunteer and Alltech, we'll also see XR at Off-Road Speedway, Kokomo, Dubuque, and Gondic Law. There are no schedule conflicts right now between XR and Flow, XR and Lucas, or XR and the Outlaws. So a driver could run a national tour plus the Flow Series and XR. There are no Las Vegas XR dates this year, and they are planning a full championship, including a points fund. All of that, uh, all of those details will be announced soon. This version of the XR Super Series is very different than the one we saw in 2022 as the organizers find their footing in a model that really makes sense for both the series and its competitors. If you want to see more information about the series and their schedule, head over to XRSuperSeries.com. I was really hoping we'd get to see some sprint cars this coming weekend, and I was actually maybe pondering a trip down there as it's not super far from my house. But as of yesterday, the season opener at Sonoya for the All-Stars has been canceled. Facility is already wet. More rain is forecasted for the coming days. The event will not be made up, uh, made up so we won't see the All-Stars until next week at Volusia. Monday the 6th is a full program for the UMP Modifieds, and then the sprint cars start Tuesday. We get two nights of All-Star action, and then the World of Outlaws season kicks off on Thursday there at Dirt Car Nationals. Before we move on, a quick thanks to some new channel members. We're now up to 39 with the addition of Sean, Chris, Danny, and Greg over the weekend. Really appreciate you guys jumping on to support what I'm doing here. If you aren't a channel member and want to check the program out, hit any of the join button on these videos or the YouTube channel, or you can go to youtube.com slash dirt tracker slash join. Last night was the season finale for uh, the season finale, excuse me, for the iRacing World of Outlaws Sprint Car Series. And going in, I thought Alex Bergeron had this championship wrapped up. He had a 23-point lead over Tyler Shell to start the night, and Shell hadn't won or even led a lap all season. It certainly looked like a massive long shot for Shell, but right off the top, things went his way. He had a much better qualifying lap than Bergeron, which set him up for the heat race win. Bergeron actually missed the feature transfer in his heat and was forced to come through a B main. The series awards points for heat race action, so the gap was 19 to start the night's main event. Bergeron needed to finish 7th or better to guarantee the title. Aiden Forster and Shell started together on a front row, and those two battled it out all race along for the win. Bergeron was able to make quick progress through the field, but stalled out mid-race just around the top 10. He had a pretty fierce fight with Tanner Pettit and Kendall Tucker, but was just not able to get into that 7th position. Out front, Shell took over the lead inside 10 to go, and then coming to the checker, it had to throw a massive block, which basically meant crashing James Edens uh, to score the victory. Hard to blame him, though, racing, though, for the championship. They were Shell's first laps led, his first one of the season, and with Bergeron ending up 10th, the performance was good enough to see him bag the $10,000 championship. It was an incredible comeback for Shell, who just seemed to be right outside of contention all season. 
chasing Bergeron and Timothy Smith. On top of the 10 Gs, Shell will get a trip to Dirt Car Nationals to be honored and get the VIP uh, treatment there in a few weeks. Massive upset from Shell and Bergeron missing just isn't something we've seen very often. Definitely another fun season, though, with the iRacing Pro Series. There are three shows on today's streaming schedule. Flow Racing has modifieds from East Bay for Winter Nationals and Flow 24-7. There's also Dirt Vision now. To see the full daily streaming schedule with links to watch, visit dirttracker.com slash watch tonight. All right, that's it for the show today. Please hit that subscribe button, like this video, hit the notification bell if you don't do so already. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll be right back here tomorrow for more Dirt Tracker Daily.